So welcome to Season of Change, transforming your life through the power in the Word of God. I am your host, Evangelist Jeremiah Joseph. I'm speaking from Nigeria, West Africa. And I have my guest here tonight from United States of America, the CEO of Richard Flint International. Here I have on the platform, Mr. Richard Flint. You're welcome to Season of Change, transforming your life through the power in the word of God, sir. Uh, Jeremiah, thank you. And thank you for the invitation to join you this evening and to have this time with you and uh, the people who are part of your, your podcast platform. I'm honored to be here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's a great privilege to have somebody like you with a great caliber and one of the most respected people in America when we talk of podcast. And I believe we are honored having you on this platform. And I believe your presence on this platform will do us a great good and it will change a lot of things about the perspective of people concerning season of change. Thank you, you're welcome, sir. I will be going straight to our questions, but first of all, we have the topic we'll be discussing tonight, the foundation of life. And underneath, we talked about belief, trust and faith, doubt, worried and uncertainty. But sir, how come do you want to talk or do you think life foundation is what we need to discuss or you need to be talking about tonight? Well, you know, Jeremiah, uh, I've been on this international speaking circuit for basically 35 years. And wow. before that, I uh, worked on a church staff, a large church staff here in South Florida, where I live. And the thing that I've discovered over the years, because my expertise is in human behavior. Okay. Uh, I'm known around the world for three little words, behavior never lies. That hmm. the essence of truth in the human life is not what yes. people say, it's what they do. And what I have found in my working with human behavior is that in life, there are only two foundations that a person can stand on. One is belief, trust, and faith. And the other is doubt, worry, and uncertainty. And the difference is this. When I stand on that foundation from of belief, trust, and faith, I'm living from the inside out. And from the inside is where my strength is. From the inside is where God's spirit can work through me. Yes. And so as I, as I, as I build that inner foundation of belief uh, in the talents that God has given me, and I trust, in my, I trust in that there is a purpose and a plan for my life. And then I have the faith to believe that God has a direction for my life and that I can, I can believe and trust that God is gonna open doors for my life where I can be the person he wants me to be. The challenge is very few people live on that foundation, Jeremiah. Most people live mm -hmm. on a foundation of doubt, worry, 
and uncertainty. And that doubt is where they that doubt is where they don't trust their self. And everything is from the outside in. And when they view their life, they look at their life from what the world is throwing at them. And that creates a tremendous amount of doubt. And the interesting thing is, Jeremiah, that you cannot, you cannot have doubt without having worry. Doubt mm. and worry travel together. And wow. then, yeah, and when doubt and worry come together, they create uncertainty. And when, mm. when you put doubt, worry, and uncertainty together, it paralyzes the human spirit. Mm. So why do you choose to study woman behavior, sir? <laughs> well, because I learned a long time ago that most of the confusion, most of the contradictions in life are the result of one's words not being in sync with their behavior. And words are what we speak, behavior is what we live. And so, I mean, it's got to be that you've had people in your life who have told you one thing and then they went out and did something else. Yes. Yeah, and you sat there and you, and you, you questioned why? Why are they doing this? Because the essence of truth is behavior. And I will listen to everything that someone says, but I will study their behavior mm. because their behavior is the real definition of what, uh, of what and how they've chosen to live their life. Mm. So are there constant behavior that people struggle with? Yeah, there are, there are some, some common behaviors that people struggle with. Uh, change. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, a lot of people don't like change. Yes. And, but change, if, if you don't allow change into your life, you can't grow. Yeah. The purpose of change is to keep us walking forward with a purpose, with an agenda, and with a commitment. Mm-hmm. But Jeremiah, most people fear change because it challenges their comfortable routines. Yes. Yeah. People get a routine that they're comfortable with. And all of a sudden change comes in and it rattles their life. And what they have been accustomed to, all of a sudden change just interrupts that. And when change Mm -hmm. comes into the human life, it demands that we do three things. It demands that we adapt. Mm. If we don't adapt, we're trapped in what I call the circle of sameness. Mm. It demands that we make adjustments. And you know what? I can can talk about how I'm going to adapt. But the real test is, am I willing to adjust? Mm -hmm. Am I willing to take where I need to adapt and adjust my life through my behavior to make this a part of my life? And then that change also means that I've got to align my life around the newness. And another thing, Jeremiah, that people don't understand is that you got to have change in order to find the opportunities to improve your life. Yes. 
Because if you, if you bypass change, you're not going to find the opportunities. And there's, a, there's another thing that, uh, that in human behavior we pay attention to that can hold people back. And that's fear. Uh-huh. That ties into, that ties into uh, change. A lot of people fear change. Why? Because it's going to upset the, their life the way that it is. And the thing that I found here is that from the day you and I were born to the day that we die, we're going to fight six changes. There's the fear of the unknown. And that's huge. Because if I don't stand on that foundation of belief, trust, and faith, then the unknown becomes frightening. And then the more that I live in doubt, worry, and uncertainty, the more that fright increases. So that, you know, that fear of the unknown is huge. And, and there's, then there's the fear of abandonment. And I see a lot of people with this where they're fearful they're going to be left alone. And I've watched so many people stay in unhealthy relationships for the fear of not having anyone in their life. Uh, then there is the, the fear of failure, which is also very big. But we've done such a number and what we've done in teaching people about success and failure. I believe that all emotions travel in threes. And if we have success and failure, and that's all we have, then success is the positive, failure is the negative. But we can't grow without failure. You know, life is going to knock you down. Life is going to turn you upside down. So there's got to be a third word in here. So to me, it's about success, failure, and defeat. And defeat is when life net not, knocks me down and I choose to stay there. Now, my definition for failure is real simple. My definition of failure is fertilizer. Mm. Because the purpose of fertilizer is to help something grow. And the purpose of failure is to help you and I grow. Every time life knocks us down and we get back up, that's growth. And, and then there's the fear of rejection. I'm not going to be liked. And I'm amazed at how many people, because they lack that self-confidence, because they lack that, that belief, that trust in their faith in their self, that they give their life to other people to define. And in mm-hmm. doing that, what I do is I become an actor in someone else's play. Yes. There's the fear of loss. And this one's big, Jeremiah, because... With anything you and I want to do in our life, there's a price tag that goes with it. And mm. I'm only going to go as far as I'm willing to pay the price tag. You know, I have, yes. people, I have people tell me, man, this is too tough. Or I wasn't expecting it to be like this. Or I thought this would be a lot easier. But it's price tag. And then the last of the six is one that we see in young people a lot. It's the fear of success. Mm. Because so many times, you know, and you got a four a, a four month old child. Yes. And, and boy or girl. It go. Girl. She's gonna grow up and she's gonna be daddy's little girl. Yes. And one of the things that I see 
is that parents can do too much for their children. Mm. They don't teach them responsibility. They don't teach them accountability. And mm. they take care of them. So when they get out into the world, they don't know how to take care of themselves. Mm. And life's going to hold them accountable. They don't know what to yes. do with that. And so success becomes something that they talk about, but they don't know how to define. Mm. And there's one more big word out there right now. And that's procrastination. Mm. I, I meet so many people who spend their life procrastinating. And procrastination yes. is when tomorrow is when I'm going to get things done. Mm. And it's living in a world of good intentions. But procrastination is the, the second most self-defeating behavior that a person can have in their life. Mm. And procrastination is a choice. Yes. That choice every day. That was a, a long answer to your question. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I'm happy about that. That is a great one. I want to ask you a question. You said something that parents do a lot for their children. And the children don't know how, they, they don't teach their children how to be accountable. Correct. So how can a parent teach his child to be accountable? Because in the settings of we Africa here, especially in Nigeria, let me talk about Nigeria, where I come from. We have the situation we have around us don't permit the parents to be able to afford all we need for the children. So how can a parent teach his child to be accountable? Well, there are several different ways here, Jeremiah. One is um, be an example. Okay. You know, and let the child see the parent. Um, be someone who lives with accountability and who lives with responsibility. And yeah. they don't blame everything and everyone for what's wrong in their life. One of the challenges we have here in the United States is that because of the fact that so many parents, both of them have to work. So mm. because of just the financial structure of their life. So the kids, tend to be raised either by the television, by their uh, technology games, or in some situations, uh, by what they're taught in school. And so they're left in many ways to raise their self. Mm. Um, and I think another factor here also is that we do too much for the kids. We, we give them too much. And so they grow up with an expectation that life is going to hand me things. Mm. And if I grow up with that expectation, and all of a sudden someone says, I'm not going to give you this, you got to work for it. Mm. I don't know what that means. Yes. And again, I don't know what it's like in Nigeria there, but we struggle with a work ethic here. Here... Well, parents can't afford, it's not all parents that can afford all that, what the child needs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
our country is just like a third world country. We are not developed as the Western world. Mm -hmm. no, no light, we have electricity shortage. The economic is not good. Even the, let me say the, the, the government is not too doing well for the people. Parents are to struggle to afford the little they could afford for the children. And what is talking about now, parents, the two parents have to work, is affecting our society a lot here in Nigeria because people can meet ends meet. The wife have to work, the husband have to work. The children need are being raised by nannies, housemaids, and a lot of things, a lot of all these things leading to child abuse in our society here. And the parents, the children are lacking parental love. Well, and, and, and you know, I, I see that a lot because the busier sometimes parents are, the less quality time they have to spend with their children. Children, yeah. Yeah, both parents work. Uh, they come home and they're tired. Mm, yes. And, and, you know, then uh, they have dinner, whatever that mm. is. And if there is any quality time, it's just for a little bit. A few years ago, Jeremiah, I was doing a, a couple's retreat. I do um, a couple's retreat every other year. We just finished it this past weekend here. And when I was doing my research, because I was the theme of the conference was on family matters. And I took okay. a group, I took a group of 20 families that I thought had fairly healthy relationships. And I asked them, out of a possible 21 meals together that you could eat as a family, mm. how many do you eat on average during the week? And the answer was two. I, I think the family meal table is so important uh, because around that meal table is where a lot of the communication is going to happen. It's where things are, are going to be talked about. And if there's not that family meal table, then there's not that conversation for the family. And I'm a big believer in communication from it to develop and to grow their home and their children. And I pray that all this will bring a change to our society because it's really causing a lot of damage. Well, family is the backbone. Through of our nations will be with all what is happening here and there. Well, and if the family structure is destroyed, so is the nation. Mm. Hmm, that's true. Well, let me move forward to the next question. You talked about lives being built on two foundations. Correct. Yes, you've mentioned few about beliefs, trust, faith, doubt, and worry, and uncertainty. Is there any other foundation that people built their life apart from this? You know, Jeremiah, in all of my studies and my research and working with human behavior, uh, these are the only two foundations that I have found uh, that people can stand on. And, 
you know, if you can think of another one, or if your listeners can think of another one, uh, I'd be interested in hearing it. But the only two that I have found is an internal foundation of belief, trust, and yep. faith, or an external foundation of doubt, worry, and uncertainty. It's whether we choose to live from the inside out. And from the inside out is where our spiritual nature comes from. Uh, God gave us that nature, that internal nature. Uh, and then what happens, we choose sometimes to rush out and live from the outside in. You know, you take the children of Israel. Uh, they wandered yeah. in the desert for 40 years. Why? Yes. Because they, they doubted God. And then they lived a life of worry and uncertainty when all they had to do was believe, trust, and have faith in God, and everything would have been okay. But they chose to live from the outside in, not the inside out. Hmm. Wow, that's great. But I want to say this. I'm saying that is this topic based on believers alone? Those that believed in Christ alone? To me, our beliefs are centered in the fact that God loves us. He gave us his son as a gift. And he sacrificed his son so that we might have eternal life. Yes. And that's where our that's where our belief starts. It starts in the foundation that we have a God that loves us and a God that has given us free will and a God that allows us to make the choices for our life. I mean, he's not going to stand in front or over me with a hammer and say, Richard, you can't do that. He gives me direction through the Bible. And, and the Bible is the blueprint that God gave us for life. And so in the Bible are the principles he wants us to live by. But so many times what happens, we, we get outside the Bible. And once we get outside God's word, what's the result? We're going to have that doubt, that worry, and that uncertainty. Because we don't have that spiritual foundation that God has given us. Wow. That's great. Well, let me proceed on the question. I want to add this to the questions which I have on my table. You talked about human behavior. And I've had a saying that said, change your character, then you change your destiny. Is our behavior attached to our destiny? Well, Jeremiah, uh, everything in life has a process. Mm. And change has a three-step process to it. The first thing that change does is it creates an ending. And an ending is where I close the door on where I've been, and I open the door to where I want to go. Now, change can trap us in yesterday. Mm. You know, I, I think in yesterday, there are two sets of file cabinets. There's one that's filled with all the wrongs, all the disappointments, all of our worries, all of our doubts, and it's in there. And if I open that file cabinet and use that file cabinet, then I, I'm, going to, I'm going to trap myself in worry, doubt, and uncertainty. But there's another set of file cabinets that is where I have all of my successes, my beliefs, my foundation, everything. Yes. And that's what I can use to build off of. 
So I, I have to choose what direction do I want for my life? Do I want to be trapped in yesterday? Or do I want to stand in my now and prepare for my tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And to, to allow change to be positive, I got to shut the drawer on that file cabinet of all the wrongs. And I've got to open the file cabinet to all the successes. And then once we have the ending, the process of change, we go through a time of regrouping where you and I have to sit down and we really do, really do have to ask ourselves four questions. What do I really want for my life? And it's not what do I want, it's what do I really want for my life? And it's the word really that we have to focus on. And then the second question is, why do I really want this? I, I, I say that I want this for my life. And I can talk about it all day long. And I hear people do this. But why do I want this? That's the motivation. That's the internal mo- momentum in the human life. And those are the two personal questions. What do I really want? And why do I really want this? And then the last two questions are the questions that determine whether I'm going to do it or not. So the third question is, back to what we were talking about, what price am I willing to pay to have this? For anything in life to improve, you got to understand that it's not going to be simple and that there's going to be a price tag to it. I'm going to have to adapt. I'm going to have to adjust. I'm going to have to realign my life. And and then the fourth question is, what behaviors will I have to improve to get me there? And those four questions, to me, form the foundation of life. What do I really want? Why do I really want that? What price am I willing to pay to have it? And then the the ultimate question, the question that, that is puts all of this into honesty. What behaviors will I have to improve to mm-hmm. get there? And those are not easy questions. Yep. So thank you very much. I want to ask you another question. Human behavior, can it be ascertained? Can it be, what was the last word? Can it be ascertained? Can we determine human behavior? Can it be determined? Well, uh, yeah, because human being, what I do is a choice. You know, you know, Jeremiah, when I was 16 years of age, my adopted mother decided she didn't want me anymore. And so when I was, when I was raised, I was adopted into this family. And almost every day of my life, my mother would make one of three statements to me. You're the stupidest kid I've ever met in my life. You'll never do anything with your life. Or I'm sorry we ever adopted you. And I'll be glad when you're no longer in my house. So when I was 16, I called my dad on a Thursday night because my mom had told me I had to get a job. So I was working in an IGA grocery store. And I called my dad to come get me. My dad drove up in front of the grocery store and he stepped out of the car. And when he stepped under a street light, my dad was carrying something. And I saw what it was. It was a suitcase. 
And my dad walked over to where I was standing and he set the suitcase down beside me. And he told me that my mother had decided that no longer I could live in her house. Wow. And so my dad left me standing on that street corner. And, you know, you're 16. What are you going to do? Where are you going to go? You're 16, but you probably had the maturity of a 13-year-old. So finally told myself, you can't just stand here. So I went into downtown Ardmore, Oklahoma. I went to the Hotel Ardmore. I got a room. I went upstairs to the seventh floor, walked in, and Jeremiah never turned the lights on. Just walked across the room, laid the suitcase down, opened the window, and crawled out and sat on that ledge because I was trying to determine do I live or do I die? I understand people, Jeremiah, who take their own life because the only person who can take their own life is one who believes if they weren't here, they wouldn't be missed. And on that ledge, I made a decision. If I jumped, my mother would win. And I wasn't going to let her have that victory in my life. And that was a defining moment in my life. Now, I could have gone over and laid in the corner and sucked my thumb for the rest of my life and blamed my mother. Or I could take that experience and use it as a foundation of strength for my life. My life, your life, the life of people's, the the life of the people you touch is all about choices. And those choices create the direction of our life. I got to come, I got to come back to this because those choices then are formulated by which foundation am I standing on? Do I have belief, trust, and faith in myself? And at that particular time, God put one man in my life. His two kids were my best friends. And I called Troy the next morning and he came and he talked to me for three hours and told me, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm not going back. So Troy helped me find a room with a lady who was the editor of the daily newspaper. And I paid her $5 a week to live in her, in her house. And, you know, it, it's interesting, Jeremiah, because God always brings people to our life when we need them. Yes. We just got to open our eyes and realize they're there. But to do that, I got to want more for my life. I've got to say that there's something beyond this. And that's that foundation of believing, trusting in myself, having the faith that there's more to this life than what I have right now. But I want to see people who walk around and every day their life is drained because they doubt. And without doubt, you don't have a purpose. They worry. And without with worry, all they do is look for what's wrong in their life. And then they're uncertain. So every choice they make, they question. And they get stuck. They get stuck in their circle of behavior. Wow. So in the settings of we Africa, and let me say Nigeria, where I come from, we have a belief that every misfortune that befall a man is being caused by the witchcraft or demonic spirit. Is that true? Now, say that to me one more time, because I want to hear exactly what you're saying, because I know my answer, but in, say it to me in, one more time. In the settings of we Africa, mm-hmm. let me say precise Nigeria, we believe 
that every misfortune that befall a man, whether through his or her behavior, is being manipulated by witchcraft or by demonic spirit or by divinations from the kingdom of hell. Well, this, this <laughs> what I'm about to say to you gets me in trouble a lot. But, you know, I, I believe that there is the trinity of good. God the Father, God the Son, and Son. God the Holy yes. Spirit. Holy Spirit, yeah. Yeah. But I think, I believe, and, and I, I, I see this in the scriptures as I've studied them. I also believe that there is a trinity of evil. Yeah. There is Satan. There is the devil. And their demons. And I think they're very powerful. And I think this again is the battle of the human nature. There, God wants the new you for us. He wants us to be better. He wants us to be smarter. He wants us to be stronger. He wants us to believe in him and have that trust and that faith and live from the inside out. And every day as we walk into and live in the world, he wants us to be a light to people. But that's not what that's not what Satan wants for us. He wants yeah. to trap us in doubt yeah. because he can own us. He wants to trap us uh, with the devil leading the way. He and I do believe in evil spirits. I, when yeah. I was teaching at the university level, I taught a course in the occult, and I was on platform with several witches. Now. Two of the three I knew were fake, but there was one there that I thought was really demonized. She was demonic. She was possessed. And you mm. can see it in her eyes. You can see it in her speech. And I believe that people can become possessed. Okay. And I, you know, let me take this one step deeper. I think sometimes that what happens is Satan uses the world to own us, the, you know, the love of money, the love of things. Yes. Things that take us away from what God wants for our life. And what yeah. Satan wants is he wants to disconnect us from God. Thank you very much. Well, you talked about five questions you must, you must have and continue to develop to, su to succeed in your life, if you want. Yeah, and, so, and that's, there's, there's four, and there's a fifth question. The, the four are, what do you really want? And you can't go anywhere, Jeremiah. You can't go anywhere until you can answer that question. Because the rest of the questions are predicated on this one. If I don't know what I really want for my life, what do I do? I just wander around in the darkness. But when I know what I want for my life, and that's my purpose, I think God has a purpose for all of us. It's just like, you know, you're living your purpose right now. You're doing what God wants you to do. Yeah. And then why do I really want this? Because I want to make a difference. I want to have a presence that's present when I'm not present. And am I willing to pay the price? Absolutely. And the price tag is, is huge. Before we got trapped down by the pandemic here, I lived on the road 230, 235 days a year. And that's a huge price tag. And 
I was all over the world speaking. That's a huge price tag. And, and so I know why I do this. And yes, I'm willing to pay the price. But in order to do that, I've got to continue to improve. And improvement in human behavior is the improvement of the behavior that keeps them growing, keeps them focused, keeps their desire high and their determination to do this. It, it's, it's, the, it's the push. It's that internalness that God says there's more to your life. There's more for your life. And all you've got to do is reach. I'm there with you. Reach for it. And I'll show you the pathway for your life. And then that, the fifth question that we didn't talk about a while ago is, I, I think, a very important question. And that is, before you and I make any decision in our life, we slow down. We take a deep breath because that slows us down. And we ask ourselves one very simple question. Will this decision feed my confusion or strengthen my clarity? Will this decision feed my confusion or strengthen my clarity? And you will know the answer. The challenge is give me 10 people and they'll choose confusion. Why? Because confusion gives them justification. It lets them blame. It gives them an excuse. It allows me to blame you for my life. When my life is my choice. Okay, thank you very much. I want to ask you this. How can one find his purpose in the midst of distress? Okay, ask me one more time. How can one find we'll find his purpose in the midst of distress? Well, all of us have stress. I mean, the, it, it is a medical fact. If I could take all of the stress after out of Jeremiah's life, you'd be dead in two and a half minutes. We mm. need stress. But the challenge is, do we control the stress or does the stress control us? And okay. Jeremiah, I keep can come. I can take almost everything back to these foundations. If stress is controlling me, and you've met these people, if stress is controlling a human life, they doubt, mm -hmm. they worry, they're uncertainty, yes. and those three things strengthen their stress. But if, if I have the belief, the trust, and the faith in me, I can control my stress. Stress, again, is which direction are we walking? Which foundation are we standing on? Uh, my very first book that I wrote, and I've written 19 books, but my very first book that I wrote was entitled The Truth About Stress. And the most stressful thing I had to do with that book, Jeremiah, was to define the word stress. I found 102 different definitions to the word stress. And they were all very complicated. So I decided I'm just going to write my own definition. Mm. So my definition of, set, of stress became very simple. Anything in life that makes you uptight. Anything in life that makes you uptight. And then when I identify what it is, I have a choice. I can work to control it or I can give in to it. Yes. So thank you very much.
I want to add a question to it. People are worried all over the world. There is a lot of worry. There is a lot of uncertainty. There is a lot of doubt because of things that are happening day by day. How, what's the, what is your advice for people about this? What I see right now, Jeremiah, and I see it here in the States and I've seen it in other places where I've, where I've gone. The biggest thing that Satan uses against us is fear. If I can instill fear in your life and turn that fear to fright, because fear in and of itself is not always negative. Sometimes yes. fear will slow us down and oh. fear will calm us down. But when fear turns to fright, when I become afraid, mm. that's when the danger sets in. And, you know, from what I hear and, and, and just what I listen to, all around the world today, our world is filled with people who are frightened. Yes. And that fright is because, you know, and it's never been as great as in my lifetime as what I've seen because of the pandemic. And that everything we hear about it is, is all about, you know, uh, being frightened by it. Yes. And I'm going to tell you, one of the greatest weapons that Satan has is to take us from fear to being afraid. Because when I become afraid, I become vulnerable. When I become vulnerable, I, I, I will live from the outside in, and I'll listen to everybody, even to the wrong people. People, yes. And, you know, I don't know about Nigeria. I don't know about where you are. But over here, the news is all negative. It, it, yes, it's all yes. about being afraid. It's all about being frightened. It's all about, you know, running from, not seeking to understand. Even here, the news is very terrible. Have a lot of things happening that even when, sometimes when you turn on your television set to listen to the news, you hear a lot of things that will melt down your heart. Yeah, and it's all about the world. Yeah, and you know, go back to what we said. You can't have worry. You can't have doubt without having worry. Yes. And when I worry, what does it do? It increases my stress. Mm. When I have worry, what happens? It, it paralyzes my belief and I don't trust. And then when that worry and that doubt comes together and I'm uncertain, I, I, I'm going to find somebody to try to help me. And mm. the, the biggest voice that's out there today, even though it's not the majority, but it's the loudest voice are the soothsayers. Yes. The, the people who are preaching doom, uh, the people who you know, want to control your life. Yes. Yeah. And our, you know, our position in life, Jeremiah, you and I, because of our commitment to God, our, our commitment has got to be to stand up and help people understand. Yes. Doubt is an enemy. Worry is an enemy. Uncertainty is an enemy. Yeah. And created us with the nature of belief, the nature of trust. 
and, and the nature of faith. And we've got to turn that tide away from doubt, worry, and uncertainty and get people back to the point of belief, trust, and faith. And that's Thank not... you. No, keep on. Let's do, say the conclusion, sir. Well, that's, that's not easy because the predominant voice that people are listening to today is fear based in being afraid so that they can own you. Yes. I, re I reject anyone, Jeremiah, I reject anyone who thinks that they know more about my life than I do. Mm. This is my life. Yes. Mm. Well, that is great. Thank you very much, Mr. Richard. You have done a lot of job. And you have said a lot of things which I've learned that enlightens me the more about human behavior. But I want us to use this privilege and this platform to talk to people who are yet to give their life to Christ and who are yet to be saved, living in worry, living in doubt, and living in uncertainty. Because I know that's majority of those still living under the oppressions of darkness are those people living in sin and living under fear. What do you have to say to those people? And if we have them, those that will listen to us maybe a year after this program and those who that will watch this program on YouTube. Well, Jeremiah, what I'd like to say to people is that God created us to live in his light. And to live in that light, I have to believe that there's more to life than me spending the time that I have upon this, this earth and doubting and worrying and being uncertain. But the strength of life is my belief system. And I believe, I believe in God. I believe that, that God gave his son for me to have eternal life. Yeah. But I have to, I have to accept that. That's why, you know, the Bible talks about that he who believes yes. in Christ can have eternal life. Yes. And it, it doesn't mean, because I, I would venture to say there are times probably when you still deal with worry, you still deal with doubt. I do too with uncertainty, because if we let our guard down, and if we don't pay attention to the front door of our life, that doubt, that worry, that uncertainty, that message that Satan wants for us can come rushing into our life. But if we have that foundation of belief, trust, and faith, and we know that God has a plan for our life. And if you don't, if you, if you don't have Christ at the center of your life, all you got to do is ask him. Just ask him to come in. And to forgive you and to strengthen you and help you build your belief, your trust, and your faith. That's how we stand against the enemies to the Christian life. And that is what Satan wants. He wants us to be weak so that he can be strong. But what we have to be is we have to be strong, but we have to be coming even stronger. Thank you very much, sir. 
You're welcome again to Season of Change, Transforming Your Life Through the Power in the Word of God. We really appreciate the opportunity to have you on this platform. We never take it for granted, but I want to make a request from you that if we can have maybe one or two of your book in our library so that we can share it with people to read more about what you have written, uh, the books you've published, I mean the printed copies. And again, I want to make a request that if we can have you on this platform again, we will plan the time for that. And there's a program you mentioned that you normally hold, a corpus program. I would like you to extend it to this side of the part of the world so that maybe through online, so that people too can partake and ask questions and learn more about it. Jeremiah, here's what I'll do for you. Uh, Brian from my staff is on this call with us. And I'm going to have Brian send to you if he has an address on you. I, I'd like to send you three of the books that I've written. Uh, okay. Breaking Free, which is my life story of how I overcame my childhood. Wow, uh, I love that. I Need a Life, How You Get to the Other Side of Doubt, Worry, and Uncertainty. And then Behavior Never Lies, mm. which is... Uh, as far as I'm concerned, the best book I've, I've written up to now. Wow. Uh, and I'll send that to you. And then I'd also like to say, if any, if anyone, go to my website, Richard Flint, and it's F-L-I-N-T, richardflint.com. And there's so much information there about what we're doing. And Jeremiah, you mentioned this uh, before we started our, our talk today, but if there would be an opportunity for me to come to Nigeria and be able to help you and yeah. for us to be able to touch lives, I would welcome the possibility of looking at the possibility of doing that. No problem. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. And I pray that God keeps strengthening you and keep you going in his work. Lives will be affected positively in your work and in your ministry. Because I believe this is a ministry you are you are doing, and it's a great one. I this really is, appreciate. Yeah, this really is my, this is my ministry, Jeremiah. I'm doing yeah. what God put me on to do, and I'll come yeah. back anytime. I, I appreciate so much. I will I will send mail to Brian, so maybe by next month I'll see what we can do so that we can you can come back on this platform so that we can have you more, more of you on this platform, so that you can, we can throw more light to people on other topics. Because I really enjoy your patience, your, your, your way you speak, and the broad knowledge you have about life. I really enjoy it. These are what we need to change our society. And in order to bring people back to Christ, in order to bring people back to Christ, we need a lot of this, and we need a lot of your work. I pray that God will give us that grace. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Pray that God will bless you. Thank you, sir. Thank you for letting me be part of your life. Thank you very much, sir.